Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. In Romans 12... We find the gifts of prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, the gift of leading, and mercy. If you were with us in 1 Corinthians 12, we've covered prophecy already, leading, and ministry, which is helps. So this morning, we will come to the gift of teaching, and um, we'll talk about that one gift uh, this morning. I've titled this sermon, The Holy Spirit and Gifts. Part 7. Romans chapter 12, saints, are you with me? Four people are with me. Amen. Okay, maybe y'all didn't hear me. Are you with me? If you're with me, say amen. Amen. All right, look at verse 3. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought. Oh, that's a great verse. Underline that in your neighbor's Bible. Just reach over there and underline it, highlight it, tap on the shoulder and say, remember that. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think what, saints? Soberly as God has dealt. Are y'all reading the same Bible I am? Okay, then we are to think what? Soberly as God has dealt to everyone a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us do what, saints? Prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching and he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality. Let the church say amen. Amen. I missed that. He who gives with liberality. Amen. Y'all got mighty quiet. (laughs) They always do when you start talking about giving. Amen. Y'all know we don't talk about it very much here, but I can't wait till we get to it next week. (laughs) He who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy, do it with cheerfulness. Saying, stop right there, give me your attention for obvious reasons. This is my favorite gift, the gift of teaching. Two definitions for you I have this morning. Got a pen. The gift of teaching is a supernatural ability to take the truth from the word of God and explain it clearly so that the people of God can understand it and apply those spiritual truths effectively to their daily lives. Also, the gift of teaching is the ability to interpret and clarify, to explain God's word in a way that is relevant and understanding and understandable. 
The gift of teaching is a supernatural ability to take the truth from the word of God and explain it clearly so that the people of God can understand it and apply those spiritual truths effectively to their daily lives. Also, the gift of teaching is the ability to interpret, clarify, to explain God's word in a way that is relevant and understandable. Now, I want you to put your finger here and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and put your finger right here in Romans because we're coming back. Romans, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and look at verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but it is the same what saints? Spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same what saints? Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of most. For the profit of all. In other words, if you've been with us, you've heard this before. In other words, I may possess a certain gift and you may possess that same gift. And yet that gift operates different in my life than in your life. And even though the gifts operate differently, it's the same spirit, same Lord, same God doing the work through the gifts. So you may have the gift of teaching and not be called the pastor. I think sometimes people make that mistake, don't they? They think because they can teach, they are called to pastor. Sometimes people get it confused. Um, Just because you have the gift of teaching doesn't mean you're called to pastor. Now, if you're called to pastor, then God is going to give you the gift of teaching because teaching comes along with the office of the pastorate. It's the pastor's job to equip and to instruct and to edify and to build up the body of Christ. And he does that by teaching. So if you're a pastor, God's go- you're going to have the gift of teaching. But you could have the gift of teaching and not be a pastor. You may have the gift of teaching, but only in a small group. You can have the gift of teaching and do best in 101. You can have the gift of teaching and speak to large crowds. Others may have the same gift of teaching and they can do it through writing. I know, I know a sister in our church like that. She's got a great gift of teaching. And yet for her to stand here and publicly speak would be a disaster. But for her to write would be a blessing because she's exercising that gift of teaching through writing. It's the same gift, but different operation of that gift. So many people make the mistake to think that they can teach, so they go start a church. You've all seen it, haven't you? They go start a church, and they thought God said teach. God wanted them to do a small group. Nobody's coming. So then they advertise on radio and Facebook and Twitter and TV and flyers at Walmart on the cars, which is illegal. Stop doing that. Doing all kinds of stuff to get people in the church. People are not coming. And then they think God tricked them. And they get mad at God. Listen, all because they misunderstood the area that God has called them to teach. I heard this true story a while ago. Listen, in 1968, true story. 1968, there was a ceremony honoring Billy Graham in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Billy's younger brother, Melvin, was given the privilege of saying a few words. He told the story of the farmer who had seen the letters PC in the sky. And being a dedicated Christian, he figured it meant preach Christ. 
And so he left the farm and he started preaching. Well, after many fruitless months, he decided he must have misinterpreted the letters. They probably meant plant corn. So he went back to the farm and he planted corn. Melvin said, I don't want to make that same mistake here on this platform today. So I'll let Billy spread the gospel and I'll spread the fertilizer. I love that. Melvin understood something people in church need to get. What's that, Pastor? There are many gifts and everybody doesn't have the same gift. And when you find yourself operating in an area that God hasn't gifted you, you would be better off spreading fertilizer because you're not a blessing, because you're outside of your gifted area. Do you know it's a gift to know what your gift is not? Y'all need to write that down. That's deep. It is a gift to know what your gift is not. Pastoring and shepherding is a calling. Don't y'all understand? You cannot learn this in school. We all know people who have gone, they've got a master's or doctorate in divinity, and they can't teach. They start a church, nobody comes. Why? Because it's a calling. This is an anointing. This is something that God has to call you to do. And if God calls you to do it, God will enable you to do it. And you don't need a master's degree and you don't need any other degree. You need a degree from God. Well, some of y'all ain't clapping like you know what I'm talking about. This is an anointing. This is a calling. You can't learn this in seminary. You can't manufacture it. You can't take an online course. Hello? You can't wing it. You have to be called by God and then you answer the call of God. There are certain things we need to understand when it comes to the gift of teaching. First of all, listen, the person with the gift of teaching is only interested, watch this, is only interested in imparting truth. The person with the gift of teaching is only interested in imparting truth because there's nothing more important than the truth. Maybe the saints could say amen. Jesus said, I am the way. Y'all come on, help me. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. Jesus, in John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus asked the Father to sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is truth. So the person with the gift of teaching is only interested in imparting truth. Now, I understand we live in a culture where people don't believe in truth. And if they do, it's what's true for you. Have y'all noticed? Are things at an all-time weirdness or what? Okay, five people know what I'm talking about. Let me try over here. (laughs) Are things at an all-time weirdness or what? It's weird. People are calling wrong, right, and right, wrong. People are looking at things differently. Everybody has their own truth. Everybody has their own right and wrong. You hear this comment often, this is my truth. You need to walk in your truth. You hear that comment often, don't you? That's the new catchphrase. That's the new, you know, uh, self-help, new self-realization, coming to yourself, uh, climbing to the highest mountain, sitting in the lotus position, studying your navel comment it's crazy it's crazy 
Everybody's calling wrong, right, right, wrong. Everybody has their own truth. Nobody believes that there's a wrong and there's a right. Listen, call me old school. Call me antiquated. Call me I'm out out touch with what's going on with the culture. But I believe that God is right and everyone else is wrong. I still believe in there is a right and there is a wrong. Come on, clap your hands and say amen. I still believe in this word called morals. 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 Nobody talks about morals anymore. Morality. What's that? People don't talk about sin anymore. Everybody has their definition of what is right and what is wrong. People call it situational truth. So whatever your situation is, that whatever your action is becomes the truth for that situation. Therefore, that man, that young man who walked into that church in South Carolina and killed all of those lovely, godly people in prayer. Well, if you follow the cultural train of thought, then he did nothing wrong because that was his truth. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have one without the other. That was his truth. That's what he felt was the right thing to do at the time. So why is everybody looking at him saying, don't get me wrong? That's horrible. That's evil. That is evil. Now, now that is a hate crime. Listen, let me just say this and then we're going to move on, okay? Because y'all know I'm not politically correct. Say amen, pastor. I'm not politically correct. So hold on to your seat. Listen, that's a hate crime. Because I disagree with you is not hate speech. That's my opinion. You got your opinion. See, in our culture, if I disagree with you, oh, that's hate speech. Uh, Just because I disagree with you, that's not hate speech. That just means I disagree with you. That means you have an opinion and I have an opinion. Why can't I have an opinion? Why does my my opinion have to be your opinion for it to be the opinion, the popular opinion, for it to be accepted? I'm an individual. I have a right to have my opinion. Somebody clap your hands and say that's right. Y'all know what I'm saying is right. You think it, I say it. You think it, I say it. There is a right and there is a wrong. There is a truth. Jesus is the truth. The people that don't believe in truth, again, even yet, worse yet, many people believe that if there was a truth, we couldn't know it. They say it's arrogant to believe that what you think is actually true. Listen, that's a problem because if there is no truth, we can't know anything for sure. Then we are lost on a sea of confusion and everyone will be doing what they think is right situationally. And everybody will be doing what is right in their own eyes. I can't help but think, write this down, please. First Samuel chapter three, first Samuel chapter three is doing the time of the judges. The spiritual and political atmosphere was at an all-time low. The spiritual leaders were corrupt. The people were disobeying the word of God, and every man was doing what was right in his own eyes. And because the people were not listening, God didn't bother to speak. And in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, look it up. The Bible tells us the word of the Lord was rare, and there was no widespread revelation. Look around. 
The word of God is rare in these days that we live in, aren't they? Truth is rare in these days. People don't want truth. They want to hear what they want to hear. And that's a lie. We need people who are not afraid to speak the truth in love. We need preachers who will speak truth and stop apologizing for it. We need preachers who will seek truth, know truth, and will stand for truth. We need preachers who will impart the truth to others. We need preachers of conviction, not preachers of Los Angeles. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. We need preachers of conviction, not preachers of law. We need preachers who are willing to put some conviction and persuasion behind what they're saying in the pulpit. Listen, if, if you are preaching, preachers, teachers, this one's for you. If you're preaching to people and people don't believe that you believe what they're saying, what makes you think they're going to listen to you? Some preachers preach like they don't even believe what they're saying. If you believe what you're saying, then push some passion behind it. Don't drone on about it. Put some passion behind it. You know, I heard this story about this uh, little boy and, and the pastor noticed little Johnny standing in the foyer of the church looking at this large plaque on the wall. Well, after a while, the pastor walked up behind him and said quietly, good morning, son. Good morning, Pastor, the young boy replied, not taking his eyes off the plaque. Can I ask you, sir, what is this? What is this for? Why are all these names listed here on the wall? Well, son, these are the people who died in the service, the pastor said. Johnny said, which one? The 8.15 or the 10 o'clock? <laughs> you know, a preacher told me a long time ago, probably some of the best Preacher advice. Preachers, teachers, I'm talking to you. Perk up. Best advice I ever got as a preacher. He said to me, Rodney, no, two things he said, two things. He said, Rodney, put some fire in your sermon or put your sermon in the fire. And then he said, always remember, put the cookies on the shelf where the kids can get them. What's that mean? That means bring it down. All that high theology, you talk it all up here and nobody don't know what you're talking about. That's why nobody don't come to church because they don't understand what you're saying. Bring it down here. If you want to preach, preach like Jesus. Jesus could take a little child, put him on his lap and Jesus could preach to children. Why can't you? No, you got to preach before the crowd. You got to have all the, all the adults and all the, so the spotlights are on you. Listen. Put the cookies on the shelf where the kids can get it. And listen, don't ever forget this. People don't know, don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. If you have the gift of teaching, you're going to be a blessing to those who hear. Newsflash, people actually will like to hear you speak if you have the gift of teaching. Is that newsflash? People will like to hear you speak if you have the gift of teaching. If people don't like to hear you, that's an indication you're not gifted. People tell me all the time they, they're called to teach, and then I have the opportunity to hear them teach, and I'm looking around the room, and people are sleeping. 
Listen, if you're boring and difficult to listen to, you probably don't have the gift of teaching. Admit it is the first step to recovery. The gift of teaching is able, the, the gifted teacher is able to take the deep truths of the word of God and make it simple and relevant. Watch this, without compromising the truth. And people stay awake. And if you're a gifted teacher, everybody can get something from your teaching. Here's something else you need to know. In order to teach truth, you have to seek truth. In order to teach truth, you have to seek truth. I've got no problems with pastors going to the golf course and going fishing and all of these kinds of things. But I do have to wonder, um, before you go to the pulpit, when are you spending time? I mean, quality time. You guys don't understand. It takes even the best of preachers. It takes them a good 10 to 12 hours per sermon. Per sermon. If they are new to the material, it could be more like 18 hours. Say the book of Revelation, when I taught that book, that was 18 to 20 hours of study. Because you need to be a seeker of the truth. And how is it that you're seeking truth if you're out on the golf course? I don't know how these guys do it. I, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. how. You know, I'm on Saturday. Many of you know I, I am in my office. I, I don't go anywhere. I don't do anything because I, I want to hear from God. Because I've got to stand before his people on Sunday morning. And if I've got to stand before his people on Sunday morning, I need to have something to say. I need to get a word from him so that I can give you the word from him. But if I don't take the time to seek truth and to get that word from him, then when I stand on Sunday morning, what is it that I have to say? And this is what's happening around the pulpits of America. Preachers are standing in the pulpit. They have nothing to say. Why? Because they're not seeking the truth. They're not spending time with God. They're not seeking the truth. Therefore, they don't know the truth. You have to read the word of God and study the word of God. You can't talk about something you don't know anything about. First Peter chapter four, verse 11 tells us, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. And if anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability with which God supplies that in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory, dominion forever and ever. And the church said, amen. It seems to me the church is losing its reverence for the word of God. We're losing our reverence for God's word. We're losing our reverence for God's atmosphere. Is there any one person that know what I'm talking about? We're losing our reverence for God's atmosphere. Don't you understand the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm going to be in the midst. Therefore, there are more than two or three in this room. That means God is here. That means, uh, uh, wait while you clap your hands. Well, that means if God is here, then we ought to act like God is here. And that means giving our attention to what God has to say. If the president of the United States walks in the room, what would you do? Huh? Just go ahead and yell it out. Just stand up. The right answer is stand up. I'll never do that again. The right answer is stand up. 
I don't care what you think. Respect is respect. Amen. Say it again. Amen. Y'all sound good. <laughs> Stand up because it's the president of the United States. Well, God is here. How much more should we be giving our attention to God? How much more? I, I was watching a, a noted preacher, good Bible teacher, great Bible teacher. I, I don't honestly have any great Bible living teachers. All my teachers, tell you the truth, the ones I really love and respect are dead. I mean, seriously, they're dead. Spurgeon, Moody, uh, 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 H.A. Ironside, uh, R.A. Torrey, um, uh, uh, Kenneth Wiest, uh, they're all dead. But this guy, he's on TV, he's good. And the camera happened to make the mistake to pass by the audience, and this one girl, it was a real quick one, if you weren't watching, you wouldn't have seen it, but she was on a text, on a, on a cell phone. I thought, that's disrespectful. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.